Hey everyone, welcome back. This is James Wilson with MTB Strength Training Systems and BikeJames.com. And today I want to share some of the lessons that I learned while working with Aaron Gwynn. Uh, a lot of people may not remember, it's been quite a while, but I was Aaron's original strength and conditioning coach when he got into mountain biking. And it was definitely one of the best experiences of my coaching career, getting to work with him at the beginning of his career. Uh, basically what happened was there's a, a guy named Rich Hausman, who's an old school racer from the Norba days, right? That dates him right there, back when Norba actually used to exist. And he was a four cross dual slalom racer. And I had the chance to work with him towards the end of his career. I think during the last year of his competitive career, I got hooked up with him, uh, went out and, and worked with him doing some of the mountain bike specific stuff that I'd been working on. And so uh, I think Rich actually won a national championship that last year, but he uh, knew that I was a, you know, specialized in mountain bike strength and conditioning. And of course, this is back in the you know mid 2000s when there was no such thing as mountain bike strength and conditioning. Like no one was specializing in mountain bike strength and conditioning. And so, uh, what Rich was there when Aaron showed up at the Fontana downhill race. That's a local race series in uh, Southern California. But during the off season, a lot of top riders go to Southern California to train, and so you would have a lot of top World Cup downhill racers in these races uh, just as part of their off-season training and so Aaron showed up to one of these races and I think he finished like you know top three got third or something like that and so again he's racing against some of the best guys in the world so it's obvious that this kid's got some talent and so Rich uh, you know took him under his wing I guess you can say quote-unquote discovered him and said hey kid you're going places I'm just getting done with my career. I know the ropes. I can help you uh, navigate these things and get your career started. And so him and Rich started working together. And one of the first things that Rich did was give me a call. I still remember being at the gym and getting a call from Rich saying like, hey man, you got to start working with this kid. He's, you know, showed up, got third at this race. You know, he's a great talent. Um, a lot of people don't realize that Aaron actually spent several years as an amateur motocross rider. So he didn't just you know show up and never having thrown his leg over uh, any sort of bike before, but he had literally just started riding mountain bikes. So he had a background racing motocross that transferred over very well to mountain biking, obviously. But still, to be able to you know just start racing, uh, riding mountain bikes, and show up at a race like that and do really well, obviously super talented, right? Some things going in the right direction. And so the, you know, Aaron was working with someone for his strength and conditioning, but it was pretty typical for what you would find at that time, which is it was just road riding, right? It was, it was a lot of uh, just, you know, road riding influence training that didn't have a whole lot of transfer to, uh, you know, downhill racing. And so Aaron wanted, or uh, Rich wanted Aaron to get hooked up with someone who was better at training for the specifics of mountain biking, and that's where I came in. So I, you know, called uh, Aaron up, and we, you know, we chatted for a bit, and I sent him a program. Uh, the dumbbell combos program uh, was actually the very first training program that I uh, sent him. And so he, you know, did that and we continued to work together. And so we actually worked together for about three and a half years, um, going from his time as like basically a nobody, right? Like nobody knew who Aaron Gwynn was. He wasn't a sponsored rider. He was, you know, just a completely unknown person when I first started working with him. 
and he uh, through he got ended up getting sponsored with Yeti uh, back when Yeti had a downhill race team before they just ditched all that and just went all in on enduro crap. But uh, anyways, he was there, uh, you know, signed with the Yeti World Cup team, and through him, I got a chance to work with the Yeti World Cup team because Aaron was impressed with the stuff that I'd been doing with him. And so when the Yeti World Cup team started looking for a strength coach, he wanted to make sure that he could continue to work with me. So he put in a good word for me and I had the opportunity to work with the Yeti World Cup team uh, as well as him. Um, so, but anyways, I mean, over that time, I you know had a chance to train him and see him go, like I said, from an unknown rider to the best American downhill racer in a generation, right? So at that time, American downhill racing was dead. Uh, There was nobody who was anywhere near the top of downhill racing. And so uh, he actually ended up getting 10th in his first World Cup race ever, which is completely unheard of. Uh, I mean, nobody does that. Uh, In the time we were working together, I think the highest podium finish that he got was third. Again, first American to podium in forever. And his final year, he uh, placed fifth overall. So again, a top five overall finish. And again, all of these things are things that no American downhill racer had done for quite some time. So he, he literally helped put uh, you know, downhill racing back on the map for Americans. Um, and during that time, I had a chance to observe him and learn some valuable lessons that have helped me with my career, uh, other riders that I've worked with. But I think there's a lot that, that uh, just average everyday riders can take from what I learned in, during my time working with him and apply it to their own just training and philosophy for how they prepare to get better. So the first thing that I noticed about Aaron was that he did not make excuses. Now, this was something, you know, I had had the chance to work with, you know, quote unquote, several next big things. Uh, You know, guys that were, you know, doing well in the local race scenes and starting to do well on a national level. And, you know, they were supposed to be the next great American downhill racer. And again, you know, starting to gain a reputation that I had as really the only uh, mountain bike strength coach uh, out there. Um, They would kind of gravitate towards me and I would start to work with them. But I noticed that they all made excuses. It it was crazy. It was, you know, if I asked them to do something most of the time there was some excuse like, oh, I don't have the equipment to do that or I, I don't want to do that. I remember one in particular, you know, I'd, I'd had jump roping as part of his conditioning program and he'd never done jump roping before. So, of course, the first time, that I, I don't know about never, right? Like maybe as a kid, but it had definitely not been part of his conditioning program. And so, uh, you know, he did jump rope for the first time and, of course, his calves are sore and they don't, they hurt, right? And this is the off season, right? Now, there's times when your training will interfere with your riding like you know during the season you don't want that to be the case but there are times during the off season when you may do something in training that's going to make you sore uh, and not able to ride as effectively and so but uh, this guy was like man my calves are sore I can't ride as effectively I don't want to do this and he just kind of stopped doing any of the conditioning stuff that I sent him and again it was just you know just one excuse after another for why they could not do it. And then I get a hold of Aaron and Aaron just made no excuses. Like it, whatever I told him to do, it was just consider it done, right? Like he just found a way to do it. And he never made excuses. He just did what I asked him to do. 
And again, I'm not saying that the things that I said, you know, we're having him do are, you know, magical or something like that. Like, I, you know, Aaron would have been successful uh, with, you know, almost anyone, right? Like you, you get a really talented rider like that and you can help nudge him in the right direction and make some smart decisions for him. But, you know, obviously you're not going to take someone who's got no talent and then just through your training program, turn him into a world beater. That's just not how it works, right? So it takes, you know, talent plus the right training program, plus the right environment. Like all these things kind of got to stack up together to create an Aaron Gwynn. But, you know, Aaron just did not make excuses. And that was one of the big things that stood out to me was that, you know, his attitude was if, you know, he believed in his coach. He believed in what the coach was asking him to do. And so he just did it. He didn't make excuses. And, you know, again, this sounds obvious, but, you know, how many people out there just make excuses, right? Like, I don't have the time. I don't have the equipment. I, you know, this, that, the other. Uh, and it's just excuse after excuse after excuse for why they can't do what needs to be done, right? And, you know, in fact, there's one of the things in, in the, the training world that you realize is that most people aren't looking for advice, they're looking for agreement. Meaning that they wanna to come to you and tell you what they think they need to do and what they wanna do, and they wanna find a coach who will agree with them about, oh yeah, that's what you need to do. They don't want advice, they don't want someone to say, well, I think that this is actually what you should be doing and this would be a better course of action. They think they do, right? But then you look at like, well, what happens when you run into someone who's giving you advice? Well, you end up making excuses and you end up not following it. So you don't actually want advice. You just want agreement. You want to do what you want to do and call that what you need to do rather than actually looking at what do I need to do and find a way to do it, right? So champions find a way. They don't make excuses. And again, this is champions racing, champions in life, champions as you know parents or or you know uh, husbands or wives whatever it is right like if you're going to be a champion at whatever it is that you are going to do then you can't make excuses period right you've got to find a way so champions find a way they don't make excuses that was the first thing that i i learned from working with him the second thing that i learned from working with him was to keep your emotions in check right never get too high and never get too low and this was another thing that struck me in working with him is that when I would talk to him after a race, it, you could never get, a, you know, I knew how he finished, right? Like I knew whether he did well, I knew whether he did bad, but you could not tell based on talking to him and just the emotions in his voice and the words that he used, whether he killed it that weekend or he sucked that weekend, right? His, his highs were never too high and his lows were never too low and he just kept a pretty even keel with his emotions. And again, I think this is super important for people to uh, understand, right? You're going to have ups and downs. And if you let those ups and downs just completely derail you emotionally, you're never going to get very far. You've got to keep the good times in check and you got to keep the bad times in check. And again, you're going to have, you know, <clears throat> good days and bad days. You're going to have good races and bad races or good rides and bad rides. And you can feel good about the good ones and you can feel bad about the bad ones but it's just not letting those emotions go to extremes. And again, this was another thing that I noticed in working with other riders is man, like, you know, if they won, it was almost impossible to deal with them because they were just like so high on themselves and like, man, I'm the greatest thing ever. Man, I smashed it last weekend. And then if they did poorly, again, they were almost impossible to deal with because they were so down on themselves and just so emotionally distraught and I suck and what am I doing? And man, is this program really 
you know, am I doing the right things to, to head in the right direction and just start to question everything, right? And so uh, that is not going to lead to consistent long-term results. You've got to maintain a pretty even keel with your emotions, never getting too high, never getting too low, and, and that will help you out quite a bit. The last thing that I, I took away from my time with him was basically there's this, this saying that I got from uh, a strength coach, Ian King, who's, who's a big influence on me. And it's, if you're injured, it doesn't matter how fit you are, right? Keeping someone injury free is more important than maximizing their performance with their training program. And again, this was a thought experiment that, that Ian had, had put out there is like, you know, you know, what is the number one priority with your training program with an athlete? Is it is it to increase performance or is it to uh, minimize injuries, right? Like you can't, both can't be most important. You have to have one thing like, you know, the second thing can be real close, right? It's not saying that the second thing isn't important. They're both important. It's just what's number one. When you are designing your training program, what is your top priority? Is it to keep this athlete injury free or is it to maximize their performance? Because the more you try to maximize your performance, the more you're going up against the edge and really trying to push that edge of what they're physically capable of, the more likely you are to go over that edge and start to create injuries. And so that was one of the things. Like Aaron had a shoulder injury from a you know previous uh, you know shoulder problems, I guess, from a previous shoulder injury that he had uh, you know incurred before we started working together. And so the focus for us was on keeping that shoulder injury free and doing what we could to help keep, you know, make it even stronger and more resilient. And so again, there were some things that we would avoid. There were some things that we would not push as hard on and we would let his shoulder dictate what was, you know, how hard we could push these things and what we could do with them rather than just trying to, you know, push things as hard as we could all the time. And this you know, showed up in the fact that he was able to train consistently and his shoulder got better as we were, were working together and became more resilient. And so we were able to push harder with the training. But again, that, that idea of like, hey, my top priority is to keep him injury free. And one of the things that I have noticed just in my time uh, as a coach is that, you know, more great riders have been ruined by a bad training program then average riders have been made into great riders through some overly ambitious, super hard training program, right? So, you know, this is kind of one of the things that, that coaches have to understand. Like, what is your role as a strength and conditioning coach when you're working with an athlete? And unfortunately, I think a lot of coaches and, and you know, I had made this mistake, which is why learning this through Aaron helped made me a better coach is that, you know, I am not my main job is not to try to make this guy into a, a world beater in the gym, right? He's a, he's a mountain bike athlete. And so the best thing that he can do is be on his bike, like riding his bike and consistently being able to train uh, with his bike is what is going to make him a world beater. And so me kicking his ass in the gym and making it harder for him to actually spend that time on the bike and, and, you know, him having to deal with injuries and stuff like that from some of the things that we're doing, like that would set him back. So again, like there's the, the greatest mountain bike rider in the world, we've probably never heard of for several reasons, right? I mean, they may have been born in like some area that just doesn't have mountain biking, right? Like we don't think about that. Like environment plays a big 
role in what you get exposed to early and what you what you get into. But you know the the um, you know the, the greatest mountain bike racer in the world probably we've never heard of because he ended up getting hurt during his training program and he wasn't able to you know display his talents like he he, he could have. And so uh, just you know again keeping that in mind with your own training program is that if you're hurt, it doesn't matter how fit you are. And you've got to make sure that injury prevention is your top priority rather than maximizing performance. And again, consistency is another one of these things that that we don't think about. But that is one of the greatest performance maximizers that you can have is consistency. And so, you know, if you're training and, you know, again, if we're if you we're like, hey, man, you got six weeks to get this person as fit as you can and that's it, right? You're never going to work with them again. You're never going to see them again. Then, you know, you may push the ragged edge a little bit harder than if you're trying to work with someone consistently. So again, you know, I worked with Aaron for, for years. And so the the idea was that we wanted to make sure that he was consistent with his training. So if we weren't pushing the maximizing the performance thing quite as hard, but he was able to train injury-free consistently for years, then that's going to add up. And so again, if you've got a, a rider who is just, you know, uh, he's, he's training hard and his performance is going up, but then he gets hurt, right? And when you get hurt, your performance is in fitness and stuff is going to go down. And then you do it again, right? And it's just this like up and down thing. And you're never able to just consistently be able to train and just have this consistent growth over uh, a long period of time then you're not going to reach your maximum potential uh, that you could, right? And so making sure that you are keeping that in mind. Consistency is key. Making sure that you stay injury-free is uh, super important for that consistency. So uh, so that's it. Those are the, the three big things that I, I learned uh, in my time with working with Aaron. Again, don't make excuses. Champions don't make excuses. They find ways to get shit done. Okay, you got to keep your emotions in check. You don't want to get too high when things are good. You don't want to get too low when things aren't going good. You got to maintain a pretty even keel. And then you got to focus on staying injury free so that you can be consistent with your training over the long run as opposed to just trying to focus on how do I, you know, work out as hard as I possibly can every time I go to the gym and just end up like burning yourself out and creating injuries and things that make it hard to be consistent. So, these are all lessons that you can apply to your own training, right? You don't have to be a World Cup racer to, to benefit from these lessons. These are things that I've tried to instill in my own training, uh, things that I've tried to instill in the mindset and training of riders that I've worked with, whether they're just you know weekend warriors or you know World Cup professionals. These things are going to help everyone uh, get more out of their training and just be a better rider over the long run. So uh, hopefully you guys have learned something from this that you can take and apply to your own training. Again, you can check me out at bikejames.com. You can find a bunch of the training programs there. Again, I've got the, the updated version of the Dumbbell Combos program, which again was the first program that I, I put Aaron on that he worked, you know, used for, for months and months and months to kind of get uh, his base going. It's a great you know, starter. If you're if you're new to strength training, you're new to mountain bike specific strength training. That dumbbell combos or, or dumbbell conditioning program uh, is the best uh, or, or one of the better ones to to start with. I've got you know a bunch of other programs there. But again, you know, if you want to uh, 
you know, get a program that'll help you out, be sure to check out bikejames.com. You can sign up for the newsletter there. And uh, yeah, just stay up to date with everything that I got coming out to help you be a better rider. So again, hopefully you guys have enjoyed uh, these lessons and I'll talk to everybody next time.